0: Podcast um, is all about counterfeit and fake things that just kind of exist in both the world and possibly our everyday life, depending how crazy you are, and go out and... Travel, uh, or heck you may even live in an area to where this stuff is hawked, or you're just really interested in something and you're now coming into the game of like let's say gold so you're going to learn from this podcast if you go to some of the previous episodes I've got how to determine fake gold diamonds all this stuff but today we're going to be talking about pearls this is something that we haven't talked about and I'm It was something that I was excited to talk about because it's something I didn't know. I had no, like, knowledge of, uh, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people do have knowledge of them because I would assume a lot of women who enjoy a good jewelry. I don't think pearls are more of the dude side of it, you know. I think a lot of guys like gold chains, you know, some of that, those rocks, you know, some of the rocks on there. But I think pearls seem to be pretty exclusive to the feminine side of things, so... First off, we always like to talk about um, the history of things, you know, what, what makes something valuable to to give a kind of justification to be faked, because basically the rule we live by is if it can be faked um, and there's money being made, it is faked. That means there are fakes on the market. People are trying to make money off of it, so let's talk about the true story behind how pearls are made. Um, it's one of those things that you don't really think about a lot. You know, you see the end products. We know it comes from a clam, I think, um, a mollusk, I suppose. I I think maybe there's different, uh, different things like different animals that this comes from in the sense of like mollusks. I don't know if it Specifically comes from one. Um, So, most most gems we know come from the the bowels of the earth, okay, made by pressure and heat over a ton of years, okay. But pearls are the most famous biological gem and they come from the bowels of mollusks. So, pearl is uh, the word that we use for kind of the shiny creation that a mollusk produces. So, if debris get uh, stuck in a mollusk and they can't flush it out, they coat the debris in their own mother of pearl or shell material. So, when you look at the outside of, you know, these mollusks, they're they're really shiny. You find them and they're awesome. Like that is called mother of pearl apparently. Um so a pearl is one of those it's just like the smallest amount of something that gets caught, essentially like a kidney stone inside of this mollusk and then it just keeps coating and coating and coating and coating. So, I guess mollusks, oysters, sorry, we talked about mollusks, but um, oysters, mussels, and clams can all technically make pearls. So that's kind of what I was talking about, was it's not really one particular mollusk. It seems like a lot of them. Um, only some saltwater clams and freshwater mussels are used to commercially grow cultured gem-grade pearls. Okay, so that's kind of interesting to know that a lot of these um mollusks are creating these so it's kind of sweet so mollusk made gems all right so unlike most farm pearls uh natural pearls often stick to their parent shell as blister pearls um they're also less smooth but because of their rarity there's no less value than their cultivated uh counterparts so this is kind of stuck on the i think the outside of the shell and they call a blister pearl Huh. So mollusks make pearls as a protection against irritations um, that kind of sneak into their soft tissue. So they do so by exuding layer upon layer of a shelling material that they themselves create. For some animals, this material is... So N-A-C-R-E, or mother of pearl, as uh, a lot of us call it. So all the animal is doing is pretty much putting a rind around an intruder, like a grain of sand or a parasite. So some of those pearls that you may get actually might have a living creature inside of it at one point, like a parasite. So kind of interesting. Hmm. All right. So... You know, we're talking about how they're made. I think that's pretty much good enough. I don't think we need to go much into much more into it. So, we talked about um, kind of how pearls are made, but um, let's talk about kind of the ancient side of it. So, there there definitely has been a lot of ancient history to pearls. You know, a lot of people regarded it as obviously magical. We talk um, we talk about this a lot. You know, we talk about. Back in the day, you know, people kind of had a misunderstanding of some stuff, which, how do you blame them? You know, they didn't all have Wikipedia like we do. We don't all have, they didn't all have scientific journals, you know. They were just fighting to survive. And at that point, when they found things like pearls, they, of course, thought, oh, my gosh, this thing's so shiny. It must have magical abilities. And I think if I saw this, you know, just walking the, especially the ocean, you know, the ocean always had such ethos and mystery behind it. You know, like, is this a gift from the gods? Like, this is something that I don't usually see. So maybe it's a gift from the gods. Maybe it's got special abilities, you know, I'll keep it. So that kind of became the ethos around it, which gave it a lot of value. You know, people used to find these, uh, and you know, keep them and they thought they had some sort of abilities with it. So we talked about the real pearls. Uh, we talked about what gives them value, but what are fake pearls, okay? So fake or imitation pearls are man-made beads, okay? They're often made from glass, plastic, alabaster, or shells that have a pearly coating to give us kind of a similar appearance of real pearls, but you don't have to wait in order to, for a mollusk to puke one up for you, um, so you can just make them, okay? So the the most well-known one is the Majorca pearl, which is made out of glass and can often fool your eyes, okay? So the distinction between the real and the fake ones, we're gonna go through some of these, just to kind of help you determine, just to see if those pearls that your grandma left behind are real or not. Okay, so first off, the touch and the feel of the temperature. So the first step uh, you can take is to touch them and just kind of feel the temperature. So real pearls are very cold to the touch, kind of for like the first couple of seconds before warming up against your skin. Fake plastic pearls have the same temperature as the room temperature, and you don't feel the coolness when you touch them. So fake ones that are made out of glass beads can also kind of have that cool to touch, um, you know, to start with. So, But it tends to take them longer to warm up against your skin than real pearls. There's just so many layers with real pearls that that temperature inflection just does not... um, create like regularity to it. So it kind of has to warm itself up through your touch. Okay, so speaking of uh, regularities, look for the 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 tiny irregularities. So when examining real pearls closely or under magnification, you'll kind of notice these tiny little uh, irregularities and ridges on the pearl's surface. So in a strand of cultured pearls, uh, you can also kind of see very tiny differences between them. So even when they are top quality and well-matched, if the pearls are completely perfect and identical in the terms of shape, size, color, and surface characteristics, they are probably fake. You know, that's the funny thing with a lot of these fake things is actually like the more perfect it is, the easier it is to tell that it's fake. So... Uh, Cultured and natural pearls reflect light differently than the faked ones. The luster of fake pearls have kind of a glossy look and looks just unnatural. So that's kind of a good... Benchmark to look at. So, examining the color next. Okay, both natural and cultured pearls often kind of have an overtone, like a translucent color that appears on the outside surface of the pearl. So, kind of just like a shiny layer, and then you can see through that layer and then see the rest of it. So, it's especially noticeable among the fine quality pearls. So, you'll see kind of a hint of pink, green over the main pearl color. If you notice the pearls uh, have only like one uniform color and they just lack depth, they're definitely fake. Okay. But it's worth noting that some real pearls have no overtone early. You know, it's kind of always good to determine um, kind of what the spectrum is of what's possible. So um, if you do see something that's Oh, it has no overtone. It must be fake. That's not always the case. Sometimes uh, they don't. So that's why we we give multiple facets of this. So next up, we're going to observe the shape. So most real pearls are rarely round. They come in all shapes, including oval, button, near round, circled, coin, uh, drop, and total uh, irregular baroque. So in general, round pearls command a higher price than pearls of their shape. But even with a strand of real pearl necklaces, that is perfectly round. You can kind of still see some differences in the pearl shapes. So that's a really good note because, um, I think a lot of people would think it's fake if it doesn't look perfectly round. So it's funny to see that, uh, you know, again, the irregularities prove that it is made by nature, you know, so rub the pearls to check surface feel. So both natural and cultured peels, uh, which we'll talk after this, okay, about what's different between uh, natural and cultured, have textured surface due to the layered nacre, uh, nacre, nacre structure. I still don't know if I'm getting that one right. It's N-A-C-R-A, so just to be going to look it up. So when you rub the pearls lightly against each one of your front teeth, uh, they kind of feel a little gritty, Okay. You'll find that a lot when we talk about fake things like the teeth and lips and smell. It's such a big part of it. Just a little side note. So faker imitation pearls usually feel really smooth or glassy because it's really hard to imitate that grittiness without putting a lot of work into it. And if you're already putting, if you're putting that much work into, you might as well just get the real thing. Or sell the real thing, I guess. So feel the weight. Real pearls are normally heavier than the fake ones. Kind of like a gold kind of thing. Gold's very heavy. So toss them gently up and down in your hand and kind of feel the weight difference. So you can use this method to test those made from coated glass or plastic beads. So the only exception with this weight test, you know, we always talk about the the (laughs) the cop out, is the case of a solid glass bead. They weigh much heavier than natural or cultured uh, pearls. So if it's glass it's going to it's going to weigh more than an actual real one so okay so let's check the drill holes so the drill holes in real pearls are usually very small whereas those in imitation pearls are very large so under magnification the coating around the drill holes of fake pearls is normally very thin and looks like shiny paint you can also see uh you can often see flakes or chipped coating around um, the drill holes that will eventually peel off, which just proves that it's fake. So it's important to remember that all the methods we talked about cannot kind of bring you to one conclusion. So you got to have to bring all into one thing. You know, we talk about this on a lot of our fake stuff. So moving on, that's pretty much how to determine whether one's real or not. But we're going to talk about another, like, some of the things between like rules of buying pearls. So, uh, the value of natural pearls versus cultured pearls. We're going to talk about kind of what affects the value of a real pearl, um, and then the price comparison on different types of pearls. I want to talk about some of these different ones, and then just to kind kind of give you a just an overall feeling that you know what what we're talking about here. You know, it's it's pretty easy to just talk about whether something's real or not. But it's definitely different when we're talking about like knowing how much something costs, how much it should cost, because obviously price plays a huge factor in whether something's real or not because if it's too cheap, you're going to probably think it's fake. So, um, all right, so let's talk about basic rules to buying these, okay? So basically, um, and this is off of Pearl Lang, so if you're interested in, Looking a little more into this, maybe with some pictures. Um, I will I will make a TikTok about this just so you can kind of get a, a look at some of these different pearls. So always, always, always buy real pearls. That's what this this place is saying. So fake pearls made out of glass or plastic are literally worth nothing. Uh and you pay you're probably paying more than nothing for it. So the imitation techniques they say are getting really sophisticated and uh they're basically making man-made beads uh, that are fooling a lot of people. So the natural pearls versus cultured pearls. We're going to talk about next. So the value of those. Okay. So in 2014, a strand of 53 natural saltwater pearls was sold online for 2.9 million dollars. Okay. So in 2018, a large drop natural pearl pendant that belonged to the French Queen Marie Antoinette. Um, so you know, the cake girl auctioned at Sotheby's for a whopping $32 million. Okay. So that more than tripled the previous world auction in 2011 for the La perengria a pearl that once belonged to Elizabeth Taylor. So culture pearls, on the other hand, are much less in price ranging from about $50 to $165,000. So that's pretty crazy. So despite the huge price difference, um, Both cultured and natural pearls are real pearls. Uh, So they're just grown from pearl-bearing oysters in either saltwater or freshwater. But they are the exact same um, process. So the only difference between the two lies in the external irritation that causes a pearl to form inside the oyster shell. So in the the case of natural pearls, this external intruder may be a grain of sand or parasite which we talked about already. And the pearl is formed completely without any human assistance. So cultured pearls, the air tint is is either a piece of tissue from another oyster or a bead that is placed by pearl farmers to kind of encourage the growth of a pearl. You just, you just forcing these guys, um, you know, to make their goodies. All right. So we talked about that. So what affects the value of a pearl? So, if you're wishing to evaluate a real pearl necklace, uh, you have um, you have to kind of know what a fair price is for this stuff. So there's seven factors that affect the pearl value: so shape, color, size, luster, surface quality, nacre quality, and matching. So like the four Cs of diamond valuation, the pearl seven factors are generally create or are created, sorry, by the gemological. Institute of America, or GIA, to standardize pearl grading systems. All right, so let's talk about the value of pearls by pearl type. So we've got freshwater pearls, equoia pearls, Tahitian pearls, and South Sea pearls. All right, so Tahitian pearls are considered the most exotic variety with the widest range of dark natural colors. They're pretty cool looking, I would say. They kind of look like those you know, when you go to those really interesting, like uh, mining places and they always have those, there's like gems, uh, that you can buy in the gift shop. That's what they look like. They have like a rainbow chameleon coating. So also known as the black pearl or black South sea pearl, they are grown in the black lipped oysters called pink and M- uh, P I N C T A D A. Um, and I'm probably not going to pronounce the rest of it, but, um, you can look at that. So that, they're indigenous to French Polynesia, Fiji, and Sea of Cortez and the Cook Islands. So typical price range is low below two hundred, and then the fine quality is like 1000 to 36000 So let's talk about Akoya. These are the classic round white pearls that most people are familiar with. They're mainly cultivated in China and Japan in a saltwater oyster species called Pintata funcata martesi. I don't think it's important for me to say these Latin names. So natural Koyo pearls grow in uh, the species are, I guess, extremely rare. So, but the price really doesn't seem to inflict on that. So low is below a hundred, and then fine quality is four hundred to six thousand. That's okay. So freshwater pearls are the most widely available pearls seen in jewelry, and um, per one, I guess, can range from sixty-five to five thousand dollars. These are. Looks like they're grown in mostly China and Southeast Asia. So next up, we're going to talk about um, South Sea Pearls. These actually seem to go for a lot more. They're the most prized cultured pearls in the world. They're farmed in the largest pearl oyster, Pinctada maxima, in Australia, Burma, Indonesia, and Philippines. And these go from like two hundred to 135,000 crazy. And then there's the natural saltwater pearls that go from 500 to 2000. So how pearl color impacts the value of pearls? So natural pearl color is a important factor that affects the value of the pearl. So it has three components. So body color, overtone, and orient. So body color is the overall dominant color of a pearl. Overtone is the secondary color. We talked about that. It's the translucent color that lies on the top of the body color, kind of that green or pink. It's usually present over the entire pearl surface or a large part of it. Orient appears when there's more than the translucent color or overtone over the body color. So it's visible in this much smaller area on the pearl surface and can come in a form of iridescent rainbow colors. That's kind of cool. So when you look at one flat, uh, not flat, but when you look like, let's say you put a pearl on a table and you look at it straight on, the orient is kind of the midsection that looks like a, Let's see. How do you say that? The, uh, fish eye, like a fish eye kind of lens. The overtone is the, the, the color. So it's like a color difference. So it'll be pink, green, and then the body color is that white or, um, kind of like, uh, beigey, kind of like a little beigey. So, Let's talk about the most valuable pearl shape. Okay, we're moving on there. Without, without a doubt, the most valuable shape of the pearl is perfectly round, regardless of what kind of pearl it is. Now, it's really tricky because it's to be considered perfectly round pearl. The variance in diameter measured from several directions need to be no more than 2%. So it's very rare to see those. That's why uh, when we talked about the fake ones, when they're perfectly round, they're probably fake. So you got to look at the pearl size. I can get into some of the nitty-gritty of this one, but I just think it's kind of it's going to be too much because uh, we're talking about millimeters here, and it's going to be really, really, really lame. So I just wanted to tell you that the the pearl shape is very important, but I really want to talk more about the millimeters. So how pearl luster and Necra, um Quality affects the value of pearls. So, there's five categories of luster prescribed by the Gemological Institute of America. So, excellent is like a bright, sharp reflections, mirror-like appearance. Very good is bright and near sharp reflections. Good reflections are kind of bright but not sharp. And then fair, uh, they're weakened and blurred. Poor is dimmed and diffused. So, it's kind of good to look at the reflection of that if you verify how it's re- if it's real then we can do that. Uh, then we can kind of start verifying this, but it's fake. It's, probably going to be on the excellent side, I'm sure, but it's fake, so it doesn't matter. So how pearl surface affects a pearl's worth. So as an organic gem, nearly all cultured and natural pearls kind of have the same degree of imperfections, such as bumps, pits, scratches, spots, and wrinkles on their surface. Blemish-free pearls are really, really rare. So the fewer and less visible blemishes a pearl has, the higher its value when all other value factors are equal. So how matching impacts the prices of pearls. So if you're judging a piece made with more than two pearls, um, kind of like an earrings, necklace, bracelet, you'll want to check how well all pearls are matched in terms of shape, size, color, luster, and surface quality. So the more uniform the pearls are in piece of jewelry, based on the five value factors, the higher value that piece commands. Okay, so... We're going to talk about some of the other things. Um, there's conch pearls, which look kind of sweet. They look like really big, like marbles. And then there's mellow pearls. Um, conch pearls are usually small and rarely round. Most are oval and irregular shaped. The finest conch pearls are typically symmetrical in shades of pink. So they also come in colors like white, beige, beige. Yellow, chocolate brown conch pearls are the rarest, but the ones that command the highest price are the salmon pink tones and saturated pink colors that create a flamingo display of light. Interesting. So a strand of conch pearls can fetch $400,000. And then uh, Milo pearls, um, they're found in a Marie, marine snail, whose shell is like a scroll, kind of cool looking. Uh, so if you look that up, it's M-E-L-O, and they're very large. And then just one can sell for like $30,000. So that's pretty cool. So guys, that's pretty much it. I wanted to go through the value. I wanted to go through history, what gives it its value, what are some of the most expensive ones, and how to determine whether it's fake or not. And I think we found out the best way to do that. So guys, remember with faked items, there are those who purchase them, those that produce them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.